Hey, welcome back to another episode of Devin's Bluegrass and American Root Show with my showcase today, Valerie Smith and Liberty Pike. But an interview with them is later in the show. First, I wanted to start off with a new track from Appalachian Road Show off of their new album, Tribulations, Going to Bring Her Back. I haven't had a chance to see those guys yet, but I cannot wait to do so. I've heard they put on a fantastic show. I'm going to slow it down right now with a track off the Burnett Sisters' new album. This one's called My Kind of Man.
Let's do one more and then take a quick break. Here's Carly Arrowwood with Jesus Drive the Train. I've been on this train for a long, long time. Don't know where it's going or where it leads, but I'll be fine. It's going a long, long way, and I ain't here to stay. I'm looking for a sign. Jesus, drive the train on this lonesome railway line. Where this milk run takes me, sometimes it's more than I can be.
toe-tapping music and the interview with Valerie Smith. Five, four, three, two, one, and I am back with you guys, and I think I've kept you guys waiting long enough. Let's go right into the interview I had with Valerie Smith. So, first of all, Valerie, thank you for agreeing to talk to me, and let's just jump right in here, shall we? How old were you when you started playing bluegrass music? Well, I was a late bloomer when I started playing bluegrass music, actually. I started singing when I was five, and typical Midwest person, you know, I went to church and sang in the choir and sang at the school and sang in the school choir. Fell in love with music and singing and playing guitar and Heard lots of country music singers like Amy Lou Harris, Ricky Skaggs. Now they're, you know, bluegrass country, but at the time I didn't know it was bluegrass. But I heard them on the radio, Dolly Parton, Linda Ronstadt, Oak Ridge Boys. So many of them inspired me musically to want to sing, to want to play, to want to write. Eventually I did find bluegrass, the true bluegrass, when I got older and started playing old-time music in an organization called the Gower Good Timers. Every Friday night in Gower, Missouri, I started playing fiddle, was being taught by this guy named Joe Gable, who was a wonderful fiddle player. And my parents would come with me, and my mom would play the bass and sing, and my dad would play the dobro, and did it for many years. I'm sure I'm not the only one that has this question, but how did your band Liberty Pike get their name? My band Liberty Pike got their name from actually the Battle of Liberty Pike, which is located right on a road that goes through Bellbuckle, Tennessee, goes clear through Alabama and, and so on. It just so happens that the building that I used to work at with Bellbuckle Records, that house was the original house that they would bring their wounded down during the battle. There's so much historical significance to where I'm from where I live, and I think the Civil War is part of our heritage and our story, and I like to include that in, I guess, the name of my band, the Valerie Smith and Liberty Pike, the road that we travel on to get to where we gotta get. 
So this isn't usually a question that I ask most interviewees, but have you held other careers besides in bluegrass music? Oh, yes, I have. I have been a daycare worker. I've been a music educator for elementary and middle school. I taught a high school drama for a play that we did called Phantom of the Opry, which was a comical version of Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> and um, came to Nashville and was not certified in teaching music in the state of Tennessee, um, just in Missouri. So I ended up working at a marketing agency, started off as a receptionist, and then worked my way up to account executive. Then I started teaching again because I, I really miss teaching and it's an art and I love teaching music. I now own and operate a label called Bell Buckle Records, Buckle Down Productions, and my own career, Valerie Smith Music, as well as um, Bell Buckle Radio. And I'm pretty busy these days, but I, I love being busy. I love working with people. I love producing and making music. And that's just part of my personality. I like to do a lot of things. So who do you draw the most inspiration from as a musician? Were there musicians in your family that inspired you to play? Um, it's funny that you would ask me who I draw the most inspiration from as a musician or an artist. And uh, I think because growing up in the Midwest and not really having labels on everything that I listened to, we just listened to to the radio, to, to records, to music. I listened from anything from Elvis Presley to, to the country music of Hank Williams Sr. Growing up, listening to Emmylou Harris, Dolly Parton, Porter Wagner, Johnny Cash, oh goodness, Linda Ronstadt, Anne Murray. That was another one that I always wanted to sing like Anne Murray. Who doesn't? And then I also listened to Broadway's on Sundays, that, that's what was on television in, in Holt, Missouri, where I grew up, was, you know, on Sundays I'd dial into the Broadway shows of Julie Garland, and I could watch those for hours, and um, inspired by the energy and the beautiful singing, and that made me want to be in plays and musicals, and so, and then later it was, I fell in love with Ella Fitzgerald and jazz and blues. So I've had a, a, a huge library of artists and singers that I just felt like I learned a lot from and grew up learning from. And then I was lucky enough to meet some of those people when I moved to Nashville and lucky that I got to work with them in the studio. Like one of the Leuven brothers, Charlie Leuven, that was a huge experience for me. So what gave you the inspiration to record your current single, Dry Town, and your hit that I'm a personal fan of, Red Clay Halo? Dry Town was written by Gilling Welch, and I'm a huge Gilling Welch fan, and that was sent to me years and years ago. And, uh, you know, living in Bell Buckle, I live in a dry county, and I just thought the song was really funny, and it reminded me of where I'm from, and I just had to sing it and record it, and feel that humor and um, I think music should be a lot of fun I, I think that you should be able to laugh at yourself and and laugh at the you know sometimes giggle at the world around you and be able to sing about it the other one Gillian Welch and Dave Rawlings that was the first song that I ever recorded which was goodness 18 years ago um, Alan O'Brien got that song for me before it was ever recorded he got that song and got permission for me to record it 
And I just love singing this song. It's, you know, it's a good song and good songs don't lie. You know, they play themselves. Okay, so this next question may be a huge spoiler alert for your fans, but are you planning on releasing a new album sometime soon in the bluegrass or country genres? I'm planning to release another album very soon in the bluegrass and country um, music. Just this coming year in 2020, I am going to record with Donnie Lisi. She's going to produce the album and going to write a lot of the songs and hopefully with her and Jerry Sally involved. And I'm excited about this. This project's going to be a little different than my other projects and the fact that I am going to sing more songs that I've written. I've always been a little shy about doing a lot of my own material because I've been blessed to be around great songwriters my whole entire career. And when I first moved to Nashville, I just couldn't fathom recording one of my own songs when I was around a plethora of award-winning songwriters. It was just hard for me to, to for me to rationale the fact that I would not put my best foot forward with one of the best songs that I could get. But Donna has assured me that I got some good stuff out there and that I need to put it out there. So I, I, I trust her. She's a talented person, talented producer, and award-winning songwriter, and I know I'm in good hands. So this next topic I found interesting because this show actually originated in a high school course, American Roots Music, but can you elaborate a little bit more on your efforts with bluegrass in the schools and the American Roots program? I started doing bluegrass in the schools that developed into American Roots program 18 years ago. Being a school teacher, I felt very passionate about keeping my foot in the door um, of teaching. And my way of teaching was to develop a, a program for the International Bluegrass Music Museum to go into the schools and bring an awareness of bluegrass music. Also, later I wanted to develop it into American Roots music so I could give it a wider range of sounds and styles for the students to learn about instruments and, and American music. It took a long time. I had a lot of great instrumentalists in my band that helped me develop that program, one being Becky Buller. Um, and, you know, it was just a wonderful time of my life developing that program. And it was extremely rewarding. I don't think I've ever felt more proud of doing something my whole career. I still do some of that, but you know, you pass the torch to other bands and other, you know, younger bands that have all that energy that can encourage, you know, these young kids to get out there and play and, and learn more about the music. So you're going to have to forgive me here, but this question's a bit of a two-in-one, if you will. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more as to your inclusion with the Clinch Mountain Sweethearts album and then go into your CD of duets with Becky Buller? Here's a little song. One day I was called on the phone by a producer, award-winning producer, Bill Vorndick, um, who was recording um, for Ralph Stanley Sr. on Rebel Records, his Clinch Mountain Sweethearts album that was going to include a lot of famous ladies like Joan Baez, Dolly Parton, and I mean, the list just went on and on. And I was so excited when they asked me to be on that recording. My first reaction, because I was new 
in the business was, why are they asking me? And my second reaction was, well, who cares? Just do it. Um, and that was, that was, uh, that, that's, it went in that exact order. And then, uh, he sent me the songs that I had to choose from. I worked on the songs and tried to see which one I felt most comfortable on. You know, Ralph Stanley is not easy to sing with because he has a very distinctive voice, inflections, phrasing. It was going to be a big challenge. But I chose Little Maggie. I really wanted to do Little Maggie. I called Bill Vaughn Dick and I said, this is the song. I've got it worked on. I've got every phrase memorized, ready. Let's do this. So I went in the studio. Ralph Stanley met me there. And he said, I don't reckon I feel like recording that. He wanted to record, I'll Remember You Loving My Prayers. Well, lo and behold, I did not know that song very well at all. So I had to learn it at the last minute, sitting on the floor, by the cassette player at Bill Von Dick's studio, nervous as could be. Went in the studio, we both took a deep breath because we both had asthma that day, and Bill Von Dick hit the record button, and I got two shots at it, and that's the story of how that song came about. So proud, so proud of that moment, and tickled that I got to be a part of it. Now, the duet with Becky Buller, she was in my band for eight and a half years, almost nine years. And while she was in my band, you know, I just really always admired her talent and her singing and her fiddle playing and her songwriting. And she worked so hard while being in my band that I felt like she deserved for people to know who she was. And I wanted the people to know who she was. I wanted her to have a good foundation for her career. So I decided that we needed to do a duet album together. And that's what we did. We did a duet. She co-produced, and Alan O'Brien co-produced, and we recorded it, and we chose the songs. And we tried to uh, learn how the Leuven brothers switched their harmonies up back and forth, and we used it as an educational thing for both of us. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and it's probably one of the most unique albums I've ever recorded. So I'm really proud of that. Here's a little song with Becky Buller. So this next question, again, is a little bit of a two-in-one, but do you have a favorite tune you have recorded or hope to record, and why? I actually do have a favorite tune that I've recorded, and it's not necessarily everybody else's favorite tune, but I love Little Liza Jane. I, I heard a version by Nina Simone one day watching a documentary, and I just fell in love with Nina Simone and her version of Little Liza Jane. And I thought, oh, I would love to do an acoustic version of that, kind of bluegrassy, and get my singer sing in the background and give that drive and energy. And I did it as a learning experience for myself just to see if I could recreate something with that kind of energy. And I have Tom Gray, who's an award-winning bass player, playing the bass, and Lisa K. Howard Hughes and Wally Hughes singing the background. And I have Joe Zahner playing the, the guitar and the banjo on it, and Wally's doing the fiddle. And it was one of the first pieces I've ever produced myself, too. And I just love singing that tune live because I see so many people tapping their foot and feeling so good when I sing it. And that's what music's all about is to, you know, make people feel good and make them want to dance. And that's what I'm, you know, that's what I want. Uh, I want to make people feel like dancing and listen to more. 
it's funny you should ask what one of my favorite tunes are, and, and because I just recently did record a single for a company called Single Factory that is coming out on Earth Day. It's called From a Distance. I've always loved the lyrics. They're wonderful. I love the melody. And it's just a gorgeous song with a gorgeous meaning. And the single that I just recorded is with Claire Lynch and Irene Kelly. And I'm hoping everybody's going to like the version and agree with me that it's a great song. So forgive me here, but this is a little bit of a publicity plug for you. But do you have a website that fans can maybe access your schedule or other things uh, involving your music? My website's thevaleriesmith.com. Thevaleriesmith.com. It has my schedule, has um, information about what I've done, what I'm going to do, albums I'm going to release, singles I'm going to release. Most of all, it has my blog on there. And I, I like sharing ideas with people, especially when they write me back and share their story with me. That's That's the thing I love the most is getting to know people out there and 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 more about, you know, their lives. We all grow a lot when we share things that we all have in common. We find out we have a lot more in common than we realize. So I hear you're playing the Jenny Brook Festival in June. Do you have a favorite venue or festival that you have played or are playing in 2020? I can't really say I have a favorite. I think Wind Gap festival seems like my home base over the years where I get together with friends that I haven't seen for a long time and Harry Grant has been so gracious to bring me back uh, over the course of my 18 years I can't believe it um, one of the first festivals I performed at Wind Gap, Pennsylvania, the, the park there. But Jenny Brook, you know, I've never been to Jenny Brook, and I've heard so many wonderful things about it. And I have a feeling that's going to be on my the top of my list because I'm certainly looking forward to going there. Another one's Smoke Country Jam. That's a familiar place that I have many great memories. One I won't go and elaborate about, but a mud fight. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but I have a lot of great venues that I love, love, love to play. Okay, so to end with, Valerie, do you have a favorite t- 